Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Lava Pool. I'm your host, Sam, Dr. Fidget Harsma, and I'm super excited because I'm actually getting this done in time. Woo! It's, it's, yeah, woo. Woo, that is right, Toler. <laughs> that wasn't me. That was, that was Pat. That was me. Oh, was it? Yeah. Was it Pat? It was Pat, our friend of the show, Pat Ball, making his first appearance on on the actual program. How are you doing? I am delightful. Thank you for asking. No problem. It it is your first time on this, right? You haven't yes. popped up on like a regional episode at some point. Yes, indeed. I talked about like trying to do something for you like another year, like maybe a year ago, but like then my computer started doing weird things, so I couldn't do that. <laughs> I've been there. Oh boy, have I been there. <laughs> so about that computer I've needed to repair for the past six months. Uh... Um, yeah, a couple of episodes ago, the one when we had um, Hayden and Rashawn on, my computer died in the middle of that. And I had to save my hard drive like three different times to do system restores. And then I got the file off of it just as my PC died completely. And then I had to move it over to another laptop. Then I had to finish the recording on my phone, and it was it was a nightmare. But I got that episode out, and I'm super proud. Nice. nice. So we should probably introduce people. Yes. Um, intro topic right now. We have uh, Temple VGC asks, "What's the best breakfast food?" And I'll start with you, P-Ball. Uh, best, breakfast best breakfast food I have to say is a ham egg and cheese sandwich specifically from Burger King because like I have okay. fond memories as a kid eating it with my dad he would always buy me a ham egg and cheese sandwich on ham egg and cheese on biscuit specifically but yeah okay yeah th- those aren't bad those are very solid I like mm. them yeah they they are very solid uh, not liquid in any way shape or form unless you get a run no biscuits are kind of dry actually yeah yeah i mean if you add butter there they can have that feel to them they're just moist and no one likes moist things you need a drink with a biscuit right yeah yeah i like all right so (laughs) (laughs) okay so toler best breakfast food um i'm probably gonna be pretty boring here um I'm gonna have to say cereal and milk. It's, okay, it's pretty average, but it's one of the things that you can have any morning, no matter how you're feeling, and always feel like you're accomplishing something. You know, I poured the cereal, I poured the milk. Look how great I am! Yeah, and maybe that it's a big deal for me. You know, baby steps, but I, I do get there, and I get there using it, cereal. It's still better than me. I feel like I've answered this question on the show like a thousand times already, yeah. but it's probably always been phrased like pre-tournament food. Because yeah. I wouldn't eat cereal that, before tournament. Would be. That would make me throw up. Yeah, but but basically, I have that exact problem. Like if I eat solid foods in the morning, I throw up. So I usually have like carnation instant breakfast, which is just like powder that you put milk in. And then it's like eating solid food, but you're not, so you don't throw it up. <laughs> I'm usually just a coffee drinker in the morning, and then I'll like eat something at work whenever I end up working, or I'll find something somewhere that's like real food because I real don't have a Burger King losers. around me. And if you eat Burger King every day, you'd get fat. So I mean, that might yes. not be a bad thing. Um, if your goal is that, to get fat, then that's also not true. 
<laughs> Actually, yeah, if you don't have anything but the Burger King, or if you still control your dietary choices, then you technically won't get fat. You're right. Yeah. yeah. You, you would probably get fat, but as someone who lives the lifestyle of basically all fast food all the time, You've succeeded in okay actually it. losing weight, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Metabolism um, is also a thing that can matters. Yeah. Like, if you have high metabolism, you're going to not get as fat as easily, you know? Says P-ball. I, yeah, I was I fat at one point, though. <laughs> Just not, not anymore. I'm afraid of the day when my metabolism slows down. Oh, God. I, I have genetic metabolism slowing. I'm going to be a tall, fat guy. <laughs> I mean, not. I mean, I, I'll, I'll definitely work as the jolly old uncle from the other side of the family. I think that'll work well for me. I have a future in that. That's a that's a solid uh, trope. Yeah, there's something I'd be fitting into, right? Yes, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't just be lost. I, I'm afraid of that, and also another thing that's already started, and that's that's my hair is thinning. And that happens to everyone, that's, Sam. That's that's terrifying, though, because. My my uncle has no hair. Oh, that's that's just me in the future. And <laughs> it it's begun. Well, you've got to kind of embrace it, right? I mean, I do I, I though. You do, I, yeah. You can't just not. shave. Just shave I mean, your head. Just get used you, to it now. If you see that, start treating it before it really gets in. Like you can start doing medicine for it and start applying stuff onto it before it goes away and it'll stop. But the moment that you stop yeah. doing the medicine, it'll. Go back to falling I've, out. I've heard this. Yeah. I definitely was supposed to be doing homework one night and instead just researched male pattern baldness. Yeah, is... I, I've <laughs> I'm heard a lot about it recently. Um, <laughs> it was something I always kind of suspected. And then like a few weeks ago, I got a haircut and there was a bit of a language barrier between me and the stylist. And I ended up getting buzzed. And then the, there was... There was no more question about it. It's like, oh no, oh no, <laughs> the hair is gone. <laughs> no. Eh. I, I used to have such nice long hair, and now I don't think I'm going to be able to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, one door one door closes, another door opens. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I have the most convincing. It's not a pretty door that's opening, though. I mean, pretty is subjective. Pretty is entirely up to you. So we I should... had such pretty hair. Yeah, <laughs> we should get into the Pokemon part of this podcast before we scare away all the listeners. Uh, but they need to know. I agree. Your personal life and your hair thinning is extremely important, but it maybe not in this context. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, maybe you're right. Um, I don't have much in the way of Pokemon news, though. Yeah, there's just one thing um, I... that you've listed. Yeah, they announced more trips for Pokken tournaments, okay. including the Pokken, 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 the thing where potato, the potato. monsters fight each other in. Oh, VGC. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Oh, okay. Um, except not really. Uh, basically, Seattle Regionals. The what is the winner there or for Pokken? I I don't know if it's just the winner. or more than that, but they get a free trip to Worlds. For Pokken, right? For Pokken. I yeah. can even add to that and be like, because they announced uh, 
win a trips tournaments at Origins Game Fair in uh, Columbus in June. Yes. Oh. Yes. Oh my lord. <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing a handful of these stories, but I didn't pull any of them right before this, so I I don't know the details on all of them. Uh, I want to say there were a few more in Europe also, right? Mm-hmm. One of these days, I'm going to get a European on this podcast to answer all these questions for me. Right. I mean, it's we've tried before. The time difference is so weird. I mean, you've already got me recording late into the evening, so... Yeah. Same with me, too. I'm also so. on the East Coast, and I live with my parents, so, like, I can't, like, talk too loudly, and so, yeah. Shh. Wake the neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, so there are trips anyway. being handed out for Pokken. Uh, some VGC players are a little salty because they're like, why do they get trips and we don't even know about our stipends yet? <laughs> That's... Do we, we have questions about that later, right? Yeah. Do it's we, we, it's we, discussed at the end of the... Well, we can we can bring it up in news. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's not really news. news. We we talked about it as news a couple episodes ago. Yeah. Where well, they update. Announced anything? They still haven't announced anything. Yeah. Um, there are lots of people that might need money to go to Columbus. <laughs> there are. At this point, do we think they're going to have stipends this year? They really should. I just cannot imagine them cutting those two. Like, there's already been so much that's been questionable so far this year monetarily, and I know that the budget was probably cut from the top down. Like, it probably wasn't just, oh, the money's going into Pokken now or something. It's it's probably no. a top-down thing. But it would be really sad if we didn't have the stipends, because it's not just the adults who have no money that need it. It's the kids who can't convince their parents that they should go to nationals, which I think right. is a beneficial experience for a child, more even more so than it would be for any of us. I, I want to say that um, I do agree that it was kind of presumptuous to, like, maybe call Jack out on his tone of like saying that, Oh, we, we should like expect to have stipends. But in a sense, I feel like he's also kind of right because like there has to be consistency if we want to promote VGC as an esport um, and how we deal with our circuit. So who's, who's, who's we in that sentence? <laughs> I, I mean, it's as a community of Pokemon players, right? Yeah. As a player. Yeah. As a community okay. wants to... uh, the, the community has never been the one to give out the stipends. No. I, yes. Yeah. And that's part of the issue, that we're not the ones who provide our own money, but we've consistently relied on it. So there are, there are situations where there are people who make plans based on getting the stipends or... So, I mean, it was... That's, that's just poor planning. Maybe. <laughs> that's what that... No, no, that's not maybe. That's... Whose plans yeah. would be assisted Making by a stipend? Making money that you don't have is poor planning. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, but, but like we've gotten it every year, so it's like it seems like sort of unfair to like assume that it's going to not happen and make plans accordingly. Um, yeah, I mean, part of it, like Sam, what I'm referring to are situations like me in 2012 when my mom said, "Hey, get top four and get a stipend," or no, no nationals. Yeah. Stuff like that. Like, I'm not but saying... at that point, you knew that stipends were announced. Yes. This year, nobody said anything about stipends. And stipends have changed how they give them out year to year also. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I mean, there's not a consistency that can be expected. At the same time, the U.S. is a big place. 
I mean, Texas yeah. is several Germanys, if I remember correctly, like at least one or two. Yeah. <laughs> so give I take. give or take like three or no. Um, <laughs> it. I mean, if you can, it, it it's difficult to work with traveling people, all uh, people traveling around the country to go to Columbus or from around the country to go to Columbus because it's in the center. It's not a as densely populated an area as perhaps the Northeast would be or LA would be. So you have a lot of people that are giving some amount of money to go. It would make sense. And it has made sense to reward the high achievers to allow them to attend. I mean, and I think that's part of what improves the quality of competition there because we're not making money on this game. So sometimes it's not like a financially reasonable decision if you aren't getting any help. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that was a that little monologue. But that doesn't mean that they have to be the ones to help you. I mean, but who would? That's that's really who steps in in place of TC, T, uh, TPCI. Nobody. Like, in years past, they did it, and that was great. But they absolutely didn't have to do it. No, they don't have to. Right. But I mean, I think what people said matters. Like, not necessarily Pokemon as an eSport, but Pokemon as a game has consistently benefited from having that additional help for people that do well and have good potential at nationals. I mean, it's part of putting on the show for the stream, right? Like, right. you want the people that have done well season-wide. And when you have people like Mancuso, who, say, get Worlds invites but can't afford to go to Worlds, there were stipends that year, of course, for Worlds. But if he had had a stipend, he could have gone more easily. Yeah. Um, and stuff it, like it, that. I mean, there, there are people that people know and want to see on the stage, and... It, if you can somehow help them along, that that yeah, but it's beneficial to the stream quality. It's beneficial to the tournament as a whole. I want to throw out like I almost wonder if they're maybe building up to like having more stipends for people to just attend worlds instead of just nationals, right? And maybe making that their aim. That could so, be true because they're not like I have, in the middle of the country. I've like in in kind of planning for like how I'm going to like maybe try and. Uh, use stipend money to my advantage since Columbus is like literally in my backyard. Um, I can like maybe convince them to like maybe pick uh, forward the money that I would earn from like a national stipend if I make that and then just put it towards worlds instead. So, you know, cause nationals may not even be a necessity uh, considering if worlds is really the end game for people. Right. I mean, one of the one of the things is that uh, I mean, it's different strokes for different folks. Different people have different needs, and it's important to the health of the game that we make it accessible. Because I mean, again, it's it's not an esport. It, no one's no one's making a crap ton of money off of playing Pokemon, and oftentimes people are losing money because it's a hobby and we enjoy it. I hope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but sure. I mean, if we're paying money to travel all throughout the season, it's it sort then of maybe. Maybe you should have chosen how to play your season differently. Maybe, yeah, or maybe you should have because, just had a different life. It's, yeah, may, it's maybe easier. you should have gone to nationals and tried to do well there instead of going to like four mid-season showdowns and four different regions. Hey, bud, spent all your money doing that. <laughs> maybe that was a better financial showdown. decision. That's, yeah, I'm. I'm not calling out anyone specifically. It's just. It's weird. When you're making your plans for how to play the season, like you got to take all that into account. Yeah. What if you had bombed all of those and weren't in top sixteen or whatever? Yeah. And then you weren't in the running for a stipend anyway. Yeah. It's it's difficult to work with. 
I mean, I've always been the type, because of how busy my schedule usually is for real life-wise, I've never really been able to attend the myriad of tournaments that are available during winter, fall. I mean, I didn't even get to go to fall regionals this year, which is fine. I wasn't super offended. I was kind of sad, but <laughs> only my CP was really sad. But, I mean, it's 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 hard to say you need to be at this many tournaments. You need to do this. You need to do that to go to Worlds. Because I think there can be good players that don't necessarily have 20 bajillion PC finishes or 20 bajillion, like, they just do midseason showdowns instead of regionals. But at the same time... Last year, I was one of the only people to get to Worlds without five PC finishes. And I couldn't have been at five PCs. I didn't have a way to get to all five of them. But the power that the small tournaments have is really tremendous. Yeah. And that would be relevant for stipends, too. Because that, well, that would be deciding who gets the stipends are the people who went to the most small tournaments. Which usually ends up helping decide who goes to Worlds. So maybe there'd be another way to look at stipends, I guess. I I don't know if there'd be a way to value CP differently, but it's. I would hope that they would be going to the people that need them the most to attend nationals and would provide that's, the most to the stream and the tournament quality. That's never been how it works, though. Right. It's just going to whoever has the most CP. <laughs> or whoever top four is regionals. Or whoever, like, yeah, made I like that one. I like top four regionals. Yeah. I, I thought that was a good way of doing it. Because it's like. Yeah. Wait, what, what was it? The top, top four regionals? Yeah. Because it incentivizes good play at regionals, like at when, a large. When was that? Because when I got top four, I did not. Do it. Oh, that was twenty thirteen that I did it. Yeah, yeah, that was that was sad. 2013, 2014 was especially dumb for me because I was in the running for a um, a full travel allowance to nationals, and I tied for sixteenth and lost on Elo because of Madison, I and and Athens. I just I didn't get CP at either event and I dropped out of. Uh, Madison says having such a bad day. Ah. <laughs> it was really bad. Rip. Rip. Alright, let's go nice. on to the questions. Yeah, okay. I think we've talked about money enough. Yeah. Okay. Uh, first question comes in from Talon VGC and he says favorite random HP water Pokemon. I have my pick, you guys go ahead. Okay, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and disqualify anything that learns water moves that aren't hidden power water. Right. HP water yeah. Kyogre yeah. is not random, it's just stupid. <laughs> Rotom, no. Oh, <laughs> uh, so are we start well, with which, which Rotom? Like if you wanna put that no, on no, an no, oven, no. I will No, I was I was just kind of you were like Kyogre and I was like, Oh Rotom, Rotom Wash, no. Uh but actually I say Thunderous Thunderous because, you know, it's it's faster um, than Groudon. I feel like having that speed is nice, um, and I feel like maybe Zapdos could like also fit under the thunderous. I love HP Water Zapdos. Yeah, yeah. Um, it just makes that matchup so much better um, because you know Thunderous is doing absolutely nothing without it, and like it's kind of doing mediocre damage with HP Ice. So like it just helps out the matchup if you're going either Thunderous or or Zapdos. Right. Of course, with Kyogre. <laughs> Speaking of pairing things with Kyogre, what, what, what about Groudon with HP Water? Oh, you stole mine! It, <laughs> I'm so mad it's at you! Not a good, it's not a good answer. No, it doesn't have to be no. good. It's just I mean, your it's got favorite power. random HP Water Pokemon. It doesn't have to be that your favorite good HP Water Pokemon. Yeah, it just his favorite. <laughs> right? Like, it's just the rain is up. What do you want to be using HP Water? <laughs> Well, now I need to think of a new one, so you go ahead and explain that, Fidget. Okay. Um, 
basically, yeah, Earth Power is better than HP Water, but it it will one-shot other Groudons in the rain, if that's your thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Other than that, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't help you at all, but I have it'll do that. I have two alternative picks. Okay. I have two alternative picks. So one of them is Cress. Because if you just give you this is no. one of Talon's personal calcs that he just no. posted everywhere. Okay. Modest modest expert belt crest does nope. indeed one shot <laughs> Groudon in rain. If it's just max HP Groudon. <laughs> um the other one is Amoongus. Quiet Amoongus. <laughs> okay. In rain. Can obviously do maybe not a one it might not one shot Groudon, but it certainly does a lot of damage. So is I'm it is it more um, or less than grass knot though? Uh, it's a little more, a little bit, you know, <laughs> just a teensy weensy bit. Oh, Mister Mime, why? <laughs> because it has technician. Oh my god! <laughs> and it I'll... has fake out and wide guard, so you can just completely stop Groudon before you knock it out. You don't I have need to invest. Take I have... your time getting Kyogre. Rayquaza. I have maybe one more to throw out there. Maybe Salamence. Salamence oh yeah, that's a perfectly normal and viable HP water Pokemon, people. Shame on I you. I guess. <laughs> Try not to be, sound like terrible here. <laughs> I am terrible and I embrace it. Alright. Alright, next. next question. Alright, this is even better. Dumbest big six counters. I'm gonna go with big six. Yes. <laughs> you know, in a big six versus big six matchup, big six wins 100% of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Big Six also loses 100% of the time. <laughs> That's a 50-50. That's great. In terms of stu- stupid Big Six counters, like how stupid they can get. Um, Depends on like... I don't know. Your own Groudon. I love that. That's really common too. That's how people yeah. think Big Six. They, they pick their own That's, Groudon. They just leave I mean, Groudon Thunderous. That's the jam. <laughs> It's, I mean, it's hard because, like, it depends on, like, your thought process about the game, like, how you approach it. Like, do you, do you see Big Six as the best way to win? And, like, your... Because it's not. Theory mon, and your theory moning is, like, do I use Big Six to counter Big Six, you know? Because, like, that's no. what they have to rely on. Like, you should stats, like, I don't know. It, if you're using Big Six to counter Big Six, you have to think that you are 100% better than everyone else at playing Big Six. Right, and then you have to assume that there's never going to be a case where you play against someone who is remotely close to your skill level who might mirror your plays, or who might be using slightly different Pokemon, and you not... Ex- yeah, I, I don't it, like it. A, yeah. a mirror is, is always the dumbest thing as a counter. It's, it's not a counter. It's a mirror. Um, Kyogre's kind of a stupid big six counter because it never works on its own. <laughs> like, no. it, it loses to the Xerneas more often than not, and sometimes it loses to the Groudon too if it's well played. Yeah. Um, True. It's, I mean, people people pick Kyogre and are like, oh yeah, it and, KOs the Salamence and it KOs the Groudon and I win. It doesn't, doesn't it, win. It except win. there's also Kangaskhan and Priority Bird and Xerneas. <laughs> yeah, banded Priority Bird that is 50%. Life or Priority <laughs> and, Bird. And Groudon's in the back that make you not do anything. And then, like, the unpredictable speed of Groudon. They have a crest on their team, but it's jolly max speed, and they helping hand press displays, and your Kyogre's at 75%, now it's gone, and you're really maxed. You lose game. <laughs> Wait. Why are people running jolly max speed crests? 
<laughs> Didn't you know that's what you use with HP water? Yeah. Why would you be jolly with HP water? <laughs> Wouldn't you run like Psycho Cut? Psycho Cut, you... yeah. Yeah, Psycho you're Cut. You bring it back to the old. Dance. You bring it back like. Uh, what's his name? Wait, does Crest get Zen Headbutt? Are you trying to flinch things? No, you no. What you do, you use Magic Room because I think it learns that move, and you just negate the effect of the power. You know, on the slow, bulky Zernians. <laughs> I've seen those. They're so bad. <laughs> All, right. All right. Next question. Yeah. Thoughts on Gravity Kieran White and Groudon Groudon teams. teams. I uh, I lost one really hard at. I remember you know, this SoCal regionals. I love these teams. They're really they're really gimmicky. Like they they rely on some stupid stuff, but they usually work really well because I I think I did I did uh, I counted because I was looking for ice resists in the um, top ranked Pokemon in the old esports runner tier list. Approximately three out of the top twenty or so resist ice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really small number. It's like Mawile, Weavile, which totally doesn't count. And <laughs> Kyogre. It, and that's it. Okay. And yep, like, none of them, Kyogre none of them does, does really well against it because, you know, what's Kyogre going to do against do to Kyogre W? Yeah. Kyogre does it. a great job of walling Kyogre. And if you use... There, there are a few different varieties of Kyogre. I love Kyogre. Kyogre is so fun. It does yeah, so much damage. so good. Oh my gosh, I feel like it should have been ranked higher on this tier list, but I don't know why I'm looking at that right now. I've been saying it all year. Yeah, um, it's, it's I a will good say this, um, because like often on gra- these grav teams, you see like Grass Whistle and like Hypnosis Cheese and that like yeah. gravity only lasts four or five turns. So like when you get like down to later games, like trying to wear that down, it can get maybe a little bit inconsistent. So It's, it's really at, like, not a late game team. It's great at taking early game advantage. Very proactive. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with that team when uh, Unnerving Mewtwo is... I think it's legal now, like today. But oh, really? right. when people start people having that, uh, you could Gravity with the Mewtwo and then Grass Whistle with the Whimsicott, and they can't Lumberry it away. Or, or <laughs> Hypnosis with a Gengar, because that's slower and you can do that on the same turn. Shh. <laughs> We don't worry about things like that. But yeah, that's also perfectly fine. It's really cool. I love the usage of gravity so far this season. It's an awesome way to adapt to the metagame, and it's an awesome way to use the tools that you've been provided as a player. And I'm excited to see what other things develop partially as like text to beat things and more proactive strategies like gravity. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've always liked gravity. But oddly enough, this is the one year I haven't tried it yet. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, it's too good this year for you to try it. You, you, you can't no, try anything that good. I, I just haven't had enough time to try different things. All right, so Last next year, question. I, oh, okay, never. No, no, let's move it on. Oh. Uh, top, <laughs> Heather H8398 asks, top wing sauce. Hmm. I've actually been going to a lot of, like, different wings places because I've been very close to somebody who's actually from China, which is where wings originate. And she's, like, super into wings, so I've been getting a lot. Um, But I'm really into, like, Boom Boom or Teriyaki as far as popular wing sauces go. Okay. That's... Yeah? I'm not familiar with Boom Boom. It's probably spicy. It's, it's, yeah, it's like, it's a little spicy and like, 
it, it just has like a nice little taste to it. Uh, it's hard to, it's really hard to describe though. Right. Okay. I'm, I'm going to be boring and say uh, Buffalo. No, it's not boring. But, it's fine. Like I, I'll take a Frank's Red Hot Buffalo pretty much every day. And sometimes I do do that every day. <laughs> um, being a pescatarian, I don't eat chicken. So I'm going to reinterpret this question as hip on top wing sauce instead of just top wing sauce. So I'm going to say hip okay. on top wing sauce. What is that? And I'm going to say that hip on tops don't have wings and the sauce doesn't exist. <laughs> So, given that the sauce doesn't exist, your question is invalid, Heather H. I'm sorry. We'll have to figure um, out another way to answer it. You, you changed the question to make it invalidated. <laughs> I don't you know what do you're that. talking about. If you're going to sure change it, make it a valid question. Everything I did was legal. There's no law that says I can't do that. Well, have you ever been to like a wing restaurant like at any Pokemon yeah. event with anybody? Don't like, people do that all the time? Yeah, like wings are normal. Yeah, do you have like what? Okay, then you can like generalize the question. Like, what? What is your favorite sauce on just like I don't know? Yeah, like what if you were eating fries? Yeah, and somebody had a thing of sauce next to it. I I would take a cheese sauce for the fries, which I don't think would work on wings. Okay, there we go. (laughs) Okay, no, you can have cheesy wings. (laughs) Cheesy wings, yo. I sounded like a young man. Bopper questions. Oh, no, I'm hungry. Yeah, no, it's it's funny that we would be talking about wings and cheese because Bopper is asking, um, do does he think any Pokemon can comprehend what a sandwich is? And he's I also wondering. I was gonna say I was gonna say Machoke could probably understand what a sandwich is because it's so humanoid. Fidget, I, I know you po- thought Pokemon can comprehend different flavors of poffins. Um, so, uh, Alakazam's IQ is 5,000, so I'm going to say that it knows what a sandwich is. Yes. Yes. That is a good answer. Um, yeah, I, I would say it probably knows what a sandwich is. Um, I would also give some points to Mr. Mime, because there are Mr. Mimes in the Mr. Mime community that definitely help prepare sandwiches for Ash's mom. So True. Um, Snorlax. Snorlax, Snorlax probably. That that dude knows a sandwich. I think Snorlax, Snorlax and Swalot would be two Pokemon that would eat a lot of sandwiches if they saw them, but I don't think they comprehend oh, yeah. sandwiches. Like they just see food and they just. I think that's all know. they comprehend. Yeah, I I, I mean, I, do they think everything is a sandwich? It's like basically this is a sandwich. it's like those old cartoons when the characters are trapped somewhere and they start seeing other characters as sandwiches and turkey legs. That's weird. That's just how Snorlax views the world. As a sandwich and a turkey leg. Yes. Alright. Good. <laughs> so Bopper's other question was, what is the most underrated restricted Pokemon? Uh, I have a, it's I have a sandwich a and a turkey leg. That's not true. <laughs> Unless you're saying a, a, a Ho-Oh and... Yes. <laughs> um, what's the other one? What, what's Kyurem? Kyurem's kind of a sandwich. It's like two different things. Yeah, it it is absolutely two different things. <laughs> Here the sandwich Pokemon. <laughs> and sandwiches are made up of several parts. I mean there's a Kyurem in the middle and there's a Kyurem white and there's a Kyurem black. And there's a rush um, there's like either a Reshiram or a Zekrom and a Kyurem. 
Reshiram is so bad. I keep trying to make Reshiram work, and I just can't. I have a Derp Reshiram plushie that I kind of like. I I I call Curum White my Reshiram, but it's not the same thing. But like, I still like to think of it as that. So I have an excuse to bring out my Derp Reshiram plush. <laughs> my Mudkip plush is so Derp. Ever since 2012, it's been falling on things. Like people see it for the first like. I don't know if anyone realizes that I bring it to all my tournaments and that I set it down next to me when I play. So the people that, have, that see me and like know who I am and are like, oh my gosh, tell totally what happened. They see the mudkip and it just falls instantaneously. And they try to pick it up. They say, oh, well, your mudkip's falling over. I'm like, I know. I know. I know, <laughs> I know what it does. And then I go and pick it up and it falls again. And they're like, why? And it, it's okay. <laughs> it's fine. It'll be, it'll be fine. But in terms of underrated restricteds, I think Curum White is kind of underrated, but it's really good. Palkia is really good and not given enough credit. Lugia is good yes. and not given enough credit. Um, yeah, I saw uh, I saw Human uh, practice a little bit with Lugia today. On yeah, that I, he told me all about it. Actually, he told me what it's he like, wanted to do. Was it with Eveltal? I think I yeah. can't remember, but I remember <laughs> he had Lugia and like Minetric and Landris. Like to intimidate with it. Oh, U turn, snarl, call mine. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it sounds like Enoch. What about like Lugia with Mega Ray to just get rid of all the weaknesses besides Dark and Ghost? That's kind of cute, but there's also the problem of keeping a Mega Ray Quaza on the field in the same length of time as you keep a Lugia on the field. You don't need to, you just need it there long enough to set up. If Lugia got multi scale, it would be ridiculously good, I think. Because Lugia gets cover off damage. Does Lugia get Psych Up? It does. Yes. It gets Psych Up and it gets Skill Swap. Two very important moves for Pokemon as fast as it is. So, like, boom, Effective Xerneas counter. <laughs> no. I mean, if that's how you want to do it, then go team. Do you want to run it bulky one point slower than Xerneas so that oh. you can just steal it the same turn? That'd be so cruel. I think Lugia is going to get a lot of testing. I think Lugia and Mewtwo are two great fast Pokemon that deserve a yes. lot more attention than they're getting. I mean, Mewtwo is getting more attention now, which I think is really good. Yeah. But I think Lugia has potential to be better than Mewtwo and isn't getting that same attention that Mewtwo is getting. So. I don't know if it's better than Mewtwo. They might be equal, but I think Lugia works with both the primals, whereas Mewtwo really only works with one of them to the same degree. Mm. I don't know. I think Mewtwo's easier to use. Maybe, yeah. Fast. Like, gotta go fast. They're both really quick. I mean, Mewtwo's They're both really, really fast. quick. Just, yeah. Uh, Mewtwo can just destroy things immediately, though. Yeah. Lugia kind of wait, waits on some more setup stuff. So. Yeah. Lightning Any- speed. Gotta no. go. <laughs> gotta go fast, fast, fast. Gotta Let's go do. fast. Paul, right. you you submitted a lot of questions to this episode. Well, the thing is, okay, the thing is, like <laughs> he said, he had zero questions, and I wasn't sure if he like I I had zero questions at the time that I said that. For the listeners, there are five p ball questions, uh, which, <laughs> which is, he is the best at sending questions. In. They he has saved this show more times than feel I feel free to take any out. I wasn't sure how many you needed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, so, I'm trying to help out. We're right here to answer your questions, people. Which ones would yeah. you like to ask? All of them. Okay, well, y- you read them out. They're your questions. All yeah, right, they're yours. I will. 
What do you think the, na- the next Japanese craze team or archetype will be following the Japan Cup, which is happening now? Do you think there will even be something like the Japan Sand Team, and will it be more or less popular than it was last season? Japan Sand was so good. That turned into an archetype. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if we'll see anything. I mean, really, there's no way to know, right? Because whatever it'll be, it'll be innovative, and it'll be crazy, and we'll be like, oh my god, this changes the entire game! <laughs> if it If it shows up, right? Yeah. Yeah. If it doesn't, then it wouldn't be a surprise because we already have a lot of defined archetypes. Like, it'd be hard to surprise me. I could see something maybe coming out of Alugia. I could see a new way to interpret Kieran White. I don't know if there's going to be a really brand new way to interpret Double Primal or something like that that's going to shake up the metagame. Uh, I think Double... I, I've talked about it before. I think Double Primal is bad and it should go away. <laughs> there are so many better ways to use your restricted Pokemon than... Choking your own Kyogre. <laughs> or making vulnerable your own Groudon. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, there's no way to know. I think there'll be something, more likely than not, because they spend a lot more time playing than we do, frankly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Conan references that when I talk to him. It's like they spend like five hours a day on Battlespot. And I don't have five hours a day <laughs> outside of school and work and all the other things I have to do. I don't know if I spent five hours since January. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. But, I mean, that that usually leads to a lot of really cool things. So it'll be cool to see what comes out of the tournament. I'm really excited to see the results. I, I have very fond memories of watching Korean Nationals with Colin Hire at his house uh, prior to our own Nationals experience and all that. Mm-hmm. And watching watching the, uh, the friendly, the uh, U.S.-Germany friendly at his house, too. That was really fun. This game has spectator potential, I swear. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I, I, I kind of feel like Pokemon's a bit like football in that, like, there's different turns, like, back and forth, and, like, that time in between is, like, the people, like, calling the plays and whatnot, so. Like, I, I feel like that's yes. the spectator, uh, spectator value there, so. Yeah. So much time to read ads. Anyways. No, you, you have a question here I really like, so if you want to read that one out. Uh, how should one... Is it the next one? Yeah, it's the next one. Cool, cool. How should one go about practicing for best of three formats? Are they that much different than best of one that practicing on ladder won't be enough for? And the answer is no. You can still play a thousand games and get really good at the format. (laughs) If you're thinking. I mean, it's it's the same thing as like Japanese people got 7 out of 8 spots at Worlds last year. They had a best of 1 format for the majority of their local tournaments. I would imagine they practice best of 3, and it's certainly very important to practice best of 3, but you can get a lot of preparation and and honing down of what your team's supposed to be without ever playing a best of 3. And then you can get a feel for what a best of 3 is like once you've actually gotten into it. I mean, I was really helped um, in 2012 because I only played a lot of best of... Well, only. I played a lot of best of 3s against good players prior to the tournaments that I did well at. But honestly, it's entirely possible to be ready without doing exclusively best of three or playing a best of three every day, just keeping it in mind how you should adapt and stuff. Solid. Sam, you got anything? Um, I haven't practiced best of three. Well, I guess I've done a lot at just PCs, but PCs have basically been my practice this year. And I only have four finishes at those, so. Um, But most of them, I think the first two, I would 
beat somebody in Swiss in the last round and then have to play the best of three in Top Cut next. And I would win the first game and then lose the set. They roll right over you once they figured it out. That well, makes no, sense. Because I'd win the first two games because counting the one in Swiss. Yeah. And then I'd lose the third and the fourth. And that'd be and four. Then I, you, you lose yeah, two total. Yeah, four. And yeah, it's like a 50-50 with the player, but they get to move on. It's weird how so, that I don't works know. sometimes. It, it's like, I'm okay at best of three. I'm terrible at best of four. I know I played <laughs> a best... I technically played a best of six with Cybertron at Nationals last year. Because I played a best of three in Swiss that no one saw. That I was really I was really proud of that match. I played it better than I usually would. And then we got in the top four and it was a lot messier and people were like, Oh what a hacker. Yeah. <laughs> I was so I was so salty because that, that one wasn't played poorly. It was just not because he knew the matchup a little Clean. better, it wasn't yeah. as it wasn't as it, much it, of a good When it's not game one Everything looks completely different, and if right. you're spectating and you don't know that it's not game one, they're then like, why? you're, you're going to think everybody's making like really dumb plays. Yeah, because there are there are all kinds of different mix-ups and reads that are going into each turn. Yeah, that that was my experience when I was on stream at uh, California because we had played the day before, right? And he did completely different stuff than he did the day before, and so I just looked like an idiot. Right. This is fine. Also, I had the wrong lead. So. I remember watching that stream and looking at all the Italian players posting in the Twitch chat saying, America so bad. <laughs> no, no bueno. Oh. That, that's I, Spanish. I did, a, but I did a Twitter search for Walrein afterwards and got very sad. It was, why would you use Walrein? It's so terrible. God, American players are so trash. They're making fun of Europe. Uh, America is trash. Trash, trash, trash. And I was like, oh my god, poor Sam. I was trying to defend you, but it wasn't working. It's okay. It was I, such a I top cut the... He I had at Oregon, and that was all best of three with the exact same team. Along with having fans, though, you or along with having anti fans, like you also get your share of fans too. Like the dude that I was telling you about, uh, actually got top four regionals. He was interested in the Walrus. Ah, uh, <sighs> yes. He did so well with so like you're gonna have like haters, and you're gonna have some people who genuinely appreciate the Walrus too. Haters are my motivators. <sighs> yeah, I. I got that team to get on the front page of Nugget Bridge for the first time since, like, 2013? Since long time ago. Yeah. I've always viewed you as having something of a pedigree, and that sounds weird to say, but it's... Coming into the game with a lot of your tutelage under my belt, it's... it's there's a degree of respect I have for the way you play the game. And it's hard for me to watch people be like, the walrus is terrible, when I know there's a reason you were using it, clearly. Well, when I started, like, 2010, 2011, 2012, I did do the, like, five hours a day, more yeah. or less. And I'd have a new team every week. I, I basically just played everything and was on Battlespot constantly. And I would only play between, like, 2 and 6 a.m. on Battlespot, because that's when Japan was playing, and I was on East Coast time. Right. And so, yeah, I I put in the work. I was just not as much lately, but I, I've refined my process to a point where I can get away with it at this point. Yeah. <laughs> it takes anyway, a special yeah. kind of genius. 
But, but you should see all the different spreadsheets over the years of how I got to this point. Anyway. So many charts, so many graphs. <laughs> Anyways, next anyway. question. Should Pokemon VGC be treated like an eSport? If not... No. <laughs> Whoa well, there, the Sam. Part of, the next part of my I've... question. If not, do you, do you see anything that it, outside of our control, could do to feel more like an eSport? If so, do you see anything that it should do better? I'll let you go, um, Sam. Okay, esports are in a bad spot right now. They're trying to get bigger, but they're still kind of not respected in any way. And Pokemon is something slightly different and shouldn't be trying to hold itself up to a very low bar that is currently not going anywhere. Well, it's going somewhere, just where that is is still up in the air. Um, but yeah, I don't think trying to chase esports is a good idea right now especially for pokemon because pokemon's always been its own thing yeah I, pokemon's kind of always inhabited a middle ground while i think it's possible to chase the esport thing i don't think it would be chasing the conventional esport thing i mean pokemon yeah. one of the beautiful things about the game has always been the kindness that its community has exhibited and the friendliness with which people communicated and the beautiful parts of playing a game that's not a hundred percent about who's going to make the most money today or um, it's, I mean, it's the healthy social atmosphere that we were able to cultivate in the beginning of the game. While at times it feels a little diluted. um, I would say that it's, it's something that can be preserved very well and very easily. And I mean, the, the people that came before a lot of the new players now we did a lot of work with that in regards to trying to establish a certain atmosphere for players and a certain certain sportsmanship that goes along with being part of the game. And that may not be true for every player, but right now, what VGC becoming an eSport would be would be different than Call of Duty being an eSport or League being an eSport. Like if Pokemon were to become a multi-million dollar high-value eSport thing, it would be one of the most family-friendly events to watch. And that's kind of weird because in a normal sport, there's not any content but what the players put into it. But in an eSport, there's content from the games themselves and the community that, that derives from the entertainment people get from the games. And they're for different audiences because in a way, they're sort of their own art. So we kind of have to respect what Pokemon is as an art form, if that makes sense. And we have to kind of respect the community that we created and what we do. Because I, I know that more than a lot of other communities, we, I mean, more than a lot of communities in general, we house a lot of people with mental disease or insecurities yeah. about their lives or problems. And a lot of people come to Pokemon as an escape. And I know a lot of people do it with Smash and other games, but that's because those communities are so welcoming. And if we yeah. treat VGC like an esport and we jump into like everything has to be competitive all the time and they're all the top players are content creators and are difficult to access or people have these obtuse personalities that are difficult to, I mean, it's, it's so important that we use the, the community and the power the community has to help the people yeah. within it, because that's always what people have been looking for. Yeah. yeah. Pokemon is about people that love Pokemon, 
esports are about people that just want to win things. Yeah. I like winning things, which is a great intersection yeah. for me. Yeah, <laughs> right. Right now we have both, and we don't want to go too hard at one over the other. Yeah, I think people just kind of need to forget the whole esports thing. Like, yeah, if you get a sponsor, that's great, but it's a bad target. Also, <laughs> that is that is not what you want to shoot for. That is that is. Let's give it some time. Let's let's be patient yeah. here. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. Next. <laughs> next question. Um, talking about community, do you feel that our community is a bit too negative sometimes in tone, or is the negativity negativity and criticism a necessary evil that might come with comp- competition? Uh, does competitive gaming breed negative negativity and elite? Excuse me, an elite, elitism. elitism by its very nature, or do you think that there is a way for people to look at everything in VGC from a more positive perspective? Do you want to start fidget, or should I? Uh, you go ahead. Alright. So, kind of touching back on what I just said, because I was kind of thinking about this question as I talked about that, uh, but Pokemon is a game where someone can win and be happy happy about winning, but one of the precedents we tried to establish way back in 2010, 2011, 2012, was that you also respect your opponent after you win. (laughs) Very important. Like, don't make it about the fact that you won. That's not what's important. I mean, it is important that you won. We're very happy for you. And we love the fact that you did something cool or got lucky or made a crazy play or used a crazy team and won a game. But the coolest thing about the community is that sometimes like, we don't have to be elitist, especially when we play other people. And we have the unique opportunity to really have a conversation with our opponent when we sit down across from them and play a game of Pokemon with them. And so there's yeah. always that potential for a positive perspective. I worry. I do worry, um, based on what I've been observing in the community and what I've seen on Twitter and such stuff like yeah. that. That there are moments that people don't understand the precedent that has been set. The the yeah. sort of honor the, that the draw, have. the draw that is the community. Right. The, the things that the are good about the community that are the little bits of professionalism that we have as players in a non-professional setting, where we're willing to hide a little bit of our passion or our excitement for the benefit of the other player. And I, I, I'm victim to it as much as anyone else. I mean, I can be um, a commonplace rager sometimes if it's a really high-value match. Like, I remember distinctly I played Blake in round two of 2015 Worlds, and I was super upset after I lost that game. And it didn't yeah. look great. But, I mean, it's also the part where, I mean, Blake and I had a trust that came from that play. And it's, it's really about trusting the community and being able to build that trust within the community and knowing that these people are all people that share an interest with you and that can be trusted with some little piece of you that loves what you're doing. It's a little lengthy and winded. Yeah. Cool. All right. Sam, did you have anything else you wanted to add? Oh, God, there is, but I can't remember it right now. So there's this one time I was in a sandwich shop, and there's a primal trying to Go make on. a sandwich. No, no. <laughs> and the primal question- was like, I don't understand what a sandwich is. Are we uh, going into our last question about MPA and you now? Said, how can you talk? And the primal said, "How do I fit in this building? I'm so big." <laughs> Why is it talking in 
still not understanding what a sandwich is. Like, it is really impressive that it learned English. <laughs> and still I'm sorry. can't figure out. <laughs> okay, that makes more sense. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Alright, NPA predictions. Um the rollouts are gonna win. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh it's, <laughs> my name is Ben Sunlight on Twitter. Oh by by rollouts you mean uh flames, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, I think you just said rollouts will win. Which is true <laughs> because we will. Sam, are you are you on an MPA team? No. <laughs> the gold hog gamblers are dead. <laughs> they, they almost came back. I love that team, but he lost that he rollouts. lost that gamble. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I think it's, but also it's pretty I didn't clear. Get drafted. <laughs> Why didn't you get drafted? Which, I don't know. Looking at a handful of people that did get drafted, I'm actually very confused. I'm a little confused. Yeah, people don't understand the pedigree. <laughs> but I mean, I will. We'll be perfectly welcome to. Uh, you're, you're perfectly welcome to join the rollouts after the midseason auction for a grand uh, salary of zero <laughs> points because <laughs> we're out of money. I'm sorry. You have no money. I have no money. I was managing the last three years, too. So Uh Yeah, people didn't realize you were a player. Maybe. I don't know. I just make spreadsheets. (laughs) Yeah, but Uh, maybe I could have phrased it, too. Um, Who outside your team do you see making postseason? But, I mean, I really... I'll just say any team but the Flames has a chance. (laughs) Uh, the, just gotta knock me down. On one team. There was one team that I thought looked really, really bad. The cruisers look really strong, and I think the Braybirds also look really strong. As do the Holy Spirits. I like those three teams the most. I, I okay. I, think I can't Chargers say who it is. Now. I think the Chargers what? are strong. So uh, and right. the Spirits, Chargers and Spirits, are probably my two picks outside of us. Is there a link to the team somewhere? There is, but you'd have to spend a while finding it. I can try to... We're like almost at the end of this. <sighs> Sam, why can't you just ever be prepared for once? I Because I had an open Google Docs so and people were just editing it at will. NPA. Um, okay, it doesn't matter what team I thought was bad. All right. Yeah, I, you're, the you're, the I think the the conclusion that you're probably going to come to if you were actually to look at the team sheets, and I think this is supported by a pretty uh, wide range <laughs> of evidence, is that the goldenrod rollouts are going to win. I mean, we're the, we have the longest standing pedigree. We have some of the best managers, some of the greatest players in the history of the game. I mean, there's a guy on that team who is both a national <laughs> and a world champion. So I, I just. I think you're good. You don't really need to look at the sheet. Well, we are. I guess that's a good segue. It's a good segue to the end of like pitching things, you know, for NPA teams. Oh, yeah. No, that was a little satirical. Um, The rollouts are known for saying stuff like that. We're joking sometimes. I know. Uh, I got it. I got it. No, you have a couple good players on your team. God. I went O two first week. What can I say? Like I've got a lot to improve on. Oh yeah. I haven't even okay. played, and I'm not even playing this week. Three oh. K hype. Three K hype. You so three thousand eight. You so two thousand late. 
I got that boom, boom, boom. I also don't recognize, like, a third of the people on these teams. I love that there are new players that I don't recognize and don't know. I feel bad that I don't know them. Because if this was 2012, I would totally know them because I would be spending, like, four hours of my day just trying to know them and building teams. Yeah. (laughs) So sad. I want my time back. All right. So I guess we should segue into closing. Yes. We should. Do I have an outro? No, I never have outro topics. Plugs! Uh, That's what we do at the end of the show. All right, my favorite type of plug is the American plug. Um, Works well for all American cords, wires. uh, I I think USB is really good. I'm I'm looking into hair plugs right now. Just (laughs) circling back to the top of the show. Right. Ear plugs, those work pretty well for some people. Okay. At any actual plugs you guys want to do? Um, anything you're doing? My Twitter can... actually is at Dim Sunlight. Um, sorry for talking over you there, people. No, you're good. Um, can I do mine now? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I, just uh, remember that if you root for the rollouts, you'll be a better person. Or the flames, but. <laughs> Fine. You'll um, be an okay person if you root for the flames. <laughs> Alright. Um, my Twitter is PBALL0010. And I just got the Twitter like a couple months ago, so you should follow me. It's actually a good plug. All right. I unfollowed a lot of people lately. Um, I don't. Do I follow you? I don't know. Do you follow oh, me? I am. Is that oh, this or... is not even my account on this computer. Um, I don't know. I'm going to follow you right now if I don't. Yay. That's. How do you follow people on Twitter? <laughs> you just click right. on. You look them up and yeah. you. There you are. Okay. Yep. Followed. Yeah. So Sam just did it. You can too. Follow your hosts. We love Um, all. Also follow at the lava pool. Yes. If you want to see when these shows go up, because I forgot to post a thread on Nugget Radio about the last one, so I'll probably link these two together. The only long-standing competitive Pokemon podcast in existence. Yeah. Yeah. Since 2012. Twelve. Twelve. I was there. I I was there for the world's world's recording. Yes, you were. That's great. I feel honored. This is almost four years now. After like yes. four years of listening, I'm finally here. Started from the bottom. Now you're here. <laughs> now you're slightly <laughs> above the bottom. Slightly above the bottom. What are you saying about the show? <laughs> <laughs> that we are a good foundation for people to start their VGC careers with. <laughs> I thought this was Foundations old, are at the bottom. Old oh, watch that players went to die. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, until next time, I'm Sam. I'm Fuller. I'm Pat Ball. And we'll see you next time on the Lava Pool.